So I have to say it because I was like preparing for the day. That game last night washed right over me. I was sad, but I was actually impressed from a, a neutral point of view how well England played and they deserved to win. So I'm happy with that, but I'm even happier that I'm here in the house of God this morning. And it's so good that I also am happy that I am talking to you about extravagant worship. Now, I don't know what you think about extravagant, but to me, it's like whoosh. It's like excitement. It's like, yes, my God is alive. My God is real. And to talk about extravagant worship is to say, is my heart in that place where we can extravagantly worship God with all of our might, with all of our strength, with all of my heart to get engaged with the presence of God? And it was so good for the songs this morning, for the worship songs, where I'm surrounded by your presence, fight my battles. I am comforted. I can have victory in Christ when I'm surrounded by the presence of God. And that is what my word today is. If we have the title, I've called it On Earth As It Is In Heaven. And you'll probably recognize that. It's scripture. And I'm just thinking, on earth as it is in heaven. Can we really live that out? The Father is in heaven, we're on earth, but God is saying, I want to connect with you. Last week, Peter said, who do we worship? Do we worship man, the world? Do we worship things of this world? Or can we worship God? It's like he said, just to let us recap for those that weren't here, If we worship with a thankful heart, we can truly have a healthy heart. If we worship with a courageous heart, we can step into what God has done for us. He has made us clean. He has made us righteous in Christ. We can have a sacrificial heart. The story of Mary giving a year's wages of perfume upon a hair to wipe Jesus' feet. How powerful is that, the cost you pay in worship? And you come with a humble heart. It's not in my strength, it's in your strength, God. Matthew 6.33, but seek first his kingdom. See, just think about that. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. See, Christ gave that victory to us on the cross. What was sin was made clean, but we have to ask Christ into our life. We have to repent of our sin, but we know that it's forgiven. So if we're forgiven, we can then walk on in victory, asking for forgiveness. We're made clean. We're made right in Christ. That's a victory. There's something right there to celebrate if we get a hold of that. And then all these things will be given to you as well. So there's a position there of seeking first God first, knowing that God through Jesus Christ has won the battle, that is what we can then do business with God. What is your position? Now, that's an interesting thought, but I just thought, I've got this, I had this thought in my mind, and this is really what I'm trying to get to today. Our position, so there's like, that's us, there's man there, and God is there. Apart, there is no connection. God is wanting us, but unless we move closer to God, 
God is there. He's not going to go away. Unless we move closer to God, unless we get to that point of engaging and contacting God through the Word of God, through knowing that Christ, through Jesus Christ has died on the cross for you, then he can come into your life. Then you are connected. So today, are you a part? Are you halfway there? Have you touched God and moved back out? Or are you fully engaged in the presence of God? And that's what I'm coming from today. As on earth as it is in heaven. God is in heaven. When you're on earth and you're with God, on earth and heaven in your body, Christ in you, the hope of glory, that's when you know the full meaning, the full value, the full expression of extravagant worship. That's when you grow in God. That's when you can flourish. And that's where this whole series is going of growing in God because we're connected with God. We're surrounded by his presence. We know his victory and then we can grow in God. See, we, well, I've always been taught the three G's. You can worship things of this world, you know, greed, glory, girls, or guys if you're a girl. So it's like you can worship those things and that's each one of us that's in us. But Christ is above all that, and it's being able to overcome our temptation. Jesus was tempted in the desert by those same three things. Devil said, I'll give you all the power, I'll give you all the glory, I'll give you all the money of this world. But Jesus said, no, get behind me, Satan. Jesus has given us the authority to overcome the things of this world. We can overcome all the temptations of this world. They're there and they're real. But when we're engaged with God, we have the greatest help we can ever, ever want. I've got a video clip which uh, Jasper and Moses are back in Hyderabad. They were part of this fellowship for a while. They're doing quite well because they have been moving from house to house. I'll just say that. So they're living with their in-laws and some time there. Moses has a job as a personal trainer. That's where he does really well. And they're doing good. So Jasper just says, hey, Don, Uncle, we're doing good. I want you to see this picture. So she sent me on WhatsApp, I think it might have been on Facebook, a 30-second clip of her, their daughter, Melody, worshipping. Now, she's 14 months old, and just as we get ready to play it, you need to know they came to our connect group with Ellerslie and Nellie's house and, and that, and they'd bring Melody, and she was like less than a year. And often she, you know, she's like 8 o'clock at night, and she's sort of there, and she's unsettled. But then Mr. Rupert would come on with worship, and she would just light up, she'd calm, there'd be a peace, Nellie's nodding her head. There was something in that girl that knew the presence of God that when she heard worship, she just started worshipping. Can we watch this video, please? See, there's something of the innocence of a child worshipping God, which we all have when we're in Christ. We're all children of God. God says, come to us, come to Jesus like little children. There's a simplicity of faith. 
Melody has got that something. God places something in us which only God can fill. And when he fills it, you just want to express that. Just a, a point there, Spotify app. If, I don't know if you've if you got it. Please download it, Android or iPhone, and go into EC New Songs for Term 4, and you'll find all the songs that the worship teams are, are doing for Term 4. Exact words, EC, New Songs, same font, and it comes up. It's a free app, and it's good, and you can. there's a list of about, I don't know, 15 songs, and you just sit there and play them, and it's good. And it's getting the spirit of worship that this house is uh, putting out there, that Lisa's prayed about with the team, and that's the worship songs that we're singing, because when we worship, like Little Melody... I mean, the hand movements what got me. She was expressing what was in her heart with that body language. And that's just like, that's what makes God happy. So why do we worship God? When I thought, saw that and I thought of Psalm 8, and there's two, part, two verses I want to look at. Firstly, Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Verse 2 through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies <clears throat> to silence the foe and the avenger. There it is there, verse 2. We, we do worship God because the heavens declare the awesomeness of his presence. We know that, the awesome presence of God. But then in verse 2, David goes on to say, through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies. When you praise, when you worship, you step into a place where the enemy's uh, actions, the enemy's thoughts, where your hardships, where your difficulties, they just seem to go away. Because you come into the presence of God, and as you worship, as you praise, you lift up your hands, and you're just surrounded by the presence of God, not just on the outside, but on the inside, for those that have Christ in your heart. Children know that, sort of, I suppose it's just a supernatural thing, that when they sing, when they praise like melody, there's joy and there's happiness, and they sense the presence of God that can just come out of them, can just exude, and it silences your mind. The battle belongs to the Lord. Joyce Meyer wrote that book, powerful book, The Battlefields of the Mind. It's all about putting God into your life and praising God, and then you overcome what the enemy thoughts. It's like I can remember when I spoke at the very start of this year, I thought the word for this year, we are to be overcomers. And I still believe that strongly, and I sense it because we're getting breakthroughs in worship. Worship is beautiful. Waymaker is a powerful song because that is who you are. It's about God, not about us. It's about what God can do in our heart to change and to bring us closer. And the more we get closer to God, the more you want to shout, the more you want to praise, the more you can overcome your circumstances. And that's the whole principle. That's the whole basis for me of Christianity that my life has changed, that my heart condition has been changed by Jesus Christ. It's powerful because that gives you your, your strength. That gives you your hope. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. See, the name of the Lord. We, we, 
we, we pray to God in the name of Jesus. See, the name of the Lord is something in itself which is strong, which is powerful. It's separate from everything else because there's only one Lord. There's only one God. So when we say in the name of Jesus, we know that there's power in his name. We know that when we look at the heavens, that can't just be an accident. That can't be evolution. That can't be just an explosion. God is made and created. He breathes and all the heavens were formed. We are to call on his name in prayer and praise because we're exhorted by David. David, when he wrote the psalm, was obviously out in the wilderness, out to seeing the stars in the heavens, and he was inspired. He was like exhorted to just praise God. No matter what he was at or what he was doing, he was saying, I will praise you, God. I've just got an example, one just a life experience with boys' camps. So I had a group called Icons. We used to go into the Tower Ranges and we'd just go bushwalking at night. And we'd walk up into the into the hills, we'd stay in cabins. And then one night we came into this clearing and in the trees, and I just looked up in the sky and it was crystal clear. You could see every star, every uh, galaxy. And we just lay down on our backs. There were about 20 of us. 20 guys laying down on their backs, just looking up at the heavens. And we had one, a Christian uh, science teacher with us, and he started talking about pointing out the different galaxies, the different formations. And he came to the Southern Cross. And this is where I'm going. You look at something like that, and I don't think the Southern Cross is in there. But he said, can you see the Southern Cross? It's a cross. And I was looking, and I was looking, and no one could see it. They said, okay, don't look for the cross. Look for the points on the end of the cross. And I thought, wow. And suddenly I saw four stars like at the tips of a cross. And they said, find those and follow the axis of the vertical one, and there's two more stars outside of it, and that's south. And I thought, wow. I'd never seen that before, nor understood it. But then, Don and his wisdom, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and we're lying there just looking up at that, and I just started saying, do you know, guys, Jesus died on the cross. That points us to God. It's like we can really sit back and look at God's creation, but when we really know how to connect with God, how to find the direction to find God, and I was able to say, well, Jesus died on the cross for you. He wants your life. He wants to come into your heart. And this is, a, this is a true story. Seven boys gave their heart to the Lord that night. It was powerful. It's like it's been a, just something. It just, obviously, it just stirs me now. It wasn't right then. We went back down to the cabin and we had marshmallows and chocolate and we did our little devotion like we did every night before going to bed. And the presence of God just came because we've been talking about it. We've been pointed to God. And when we got down there, we just, I just shared the gospel simply. And they were just, wow. They were in that place where God was surrounding us that those boys just knew they had to get right with God. And it's like, that's what God wants. He wants our heart. We are to show God the, the expression of praise and prayer. That's how we connect with God. That's how we are going to get into the place where we can just worship God and know him intimately. Because when you know him intimately, 
You just want more of God. You just want to give him praise. You just want to give him all of you to be able to get to that place. See, our praise and our worship is also a testimony to the world. If people walk in this auditorium on a Sunday morning, and I believe this morning, most mornings, they would sense people worshipping God. They would sense people whose hearts are just worshipping for God. The worship team are doing an awesome job, all of you. Because I don't know about you guys, but I can just put my hands up. I can just put my face and just worship. And when I worship the songs and, and the words, and when you listen to the words, they connect with your heart because they are the same impartation of worship, of glorifying, of building up the words of God. And it starts in worship. I know every time I feel down when I'm feeling like sad, lonely, or it's too much, or I haven't done that, or this is not happening, I just got to stop, get off on my own, and just worship. I'll go for walks, and my family know this sometimes, not so much in the winter, but I'm started going again, and I'll just put the music on, the Walkman playlist, Christian playlist, and I'll walk around One Tree Hill just worshipping, worshipping. And every time I come back, I'm going, yes, God, yes, God, thank you, Lord, mighty God. And I suddenly forget, and I get ready to get into whatever's going on. There's a power of just giving God everything. And I, I, just, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel I'm truly blessed because I know in my heart, when I hear God, when I get in the presence of God, it's like, whoosh, something just connects that I know that everything of me is for all of God. And it's easy perhaps to limit or have that position of being there and outside of the draw of God, yet too far from distance. But like a magnet, I had this thought of a magnet God is like so powerful that when you get close to God, there's things you cannot stop. You're going to draw and you're going to go to God because you just want to be with God and God wants you. He desires your presence. That's why we worship him. That's why the glory of the heavens are above the sky. There's a story in Matthew. Next slide, please. Matthew 21. It's like, it follows on from this. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. So you get in the presence of God, the enemy goes away, and you get insight, you get clarity, you get overcoming attitude to overcome the circumstances because Christ in you. I was looking at the story of children in Matthew, and it's where the temple uh, is cleared by Jesus. And I saw a a part in that in Matthew 21, 16, which I'd never seen before. Uh, we all probably know the story of Jesus clears the temple in anger because there's den of thieves and robbers, and he comes out and he clears them all away because they're defiling you know, the temple. So, but if you go into 21, 16, and you see, because uh, he, when Jesus cleared the temple, he healed uh, uh, the sick and the lame and the blind. He did miracles. And the whole time, it says in 21.16, did you hear what these little children were saying? They asked him, yes, replied Jesus, have you never read from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise? The children were singing Hosanna to the son of David. So as Dave, uh, 
Jesus was ministering, the children in their spiritual sense knew what was going on. They were singing praises to Hosanna, God in the highest, son of David, who's the, the hereditary generational line of David down to Jesus. It's, they were actually doing spiritual warfare through worship. I'd never seen that part in that scripture before. And it just sort of, it, God gave me that out of melody, out of uh, little children uh, worshipping with simplicity, and even Jesus knew, and he defends the children with the Sadducees and the Pharisees. I said, why were those children in the temple? Jesus said, they have been ordained by God to give me praise. We are all children of the Most High God. Jesus reveals his power of praise because of a simple faith and trust. You know, there's something when we just give our heart and our lives to God, that when we just worship him, and God comes in because we've got right with him, we've repented of sins, we've asked forgiveness, and we have that clear place daily. Well, we can come into the place, and we can just be like, an, we could be an empty bottle, and there's like nothing happening. We could be like, okay, I'm awake, I'm alive. Oh, this is like the person in the bottle. That's like you and I. But we're just here, we're in the world. We're just like living life. We're just in a bottle, if you like, because we're not really in a position of being able to connect with God. We're still out here. We're even closed. And there's so many people in the world who are trapped in their circumstances and their addictions, which only God, I believe, can break. And it's up for us to take the message of the gospel out. We could put water in this here because we've got people. We've got chemistry going on there. I pour water in that, my bottle of water, and that's just like, us trying to help ourselves. It's natural. It's okay. I could pour water into that, but nothing would happen. It'd just be a big gluggy mess. But, you know, if we get the power of God, and when you connect the power of God, and you get to that place, oh, I want to worship you, you don't know God, and God comes in, you can say, Jesus, I love you. Love come down. We can know that something of God gives us a supernatural uh, input of his spirit. Holy Spirit, come. So when the Holy Spirit of God comes into our lives and we just say, come Lord Jesus, and then we know God and we just say, I worship you, what happens? Okay, it's like it just boils out of us. The presence of God overflows. We cannot constrain it. We cannot keep it in us. The presence of God out of worship brings us to that place where we can just outwardly share our faith and our love with others in this world. The world needs to know about Jesus Christ. They need to know that we are worshipful people who worship the Lord Jesus, the only one Jesus Christ. I thought of the, uh, I've just got a few scriptures now to try and tell a story of how we can bring God into our hearts. See, Miriam, in the story of uh, the exodus out of Egypt, and she, uh, with Moses, they'd come through the Red Sea, and, I mean, that was a miracle, chased by a million people, chased by millions of Pharaoh's armies, and Miriam, after they'd come through the Red Sea, the Red Sea closed on Pharaoh and all the armies, and the people were free from Egypt on the other side of the Red Sea. And it says in uh, Exodus 15, firstly, it says, I didn't know this one either. Moses and the Israelites sang. 
So what did they do when they knew they'd been set free, they had victory? Moses and the Israelites sang. That's in the uh, Exodus 15, 1 to 17. But in verse uh, 21, I just love this bit about Miriam. Okay, Miriam sang to them, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, the horse and its rider, he is hurled into the sea. And it says she danced. She danced with tamarind. She danced in celebration. She danced with joy. That's exuberant, triumphant, extravagant worship because they were so grateful, so thankful for what God had done in their lives. She just wanted to dance. Moses sang. Miriam and all the ladies danced. The man can dance too. There's nothing to say that, but I'm just saying that celebration of what God has done, what Miriam felt, what Moses felt, what the Israelites felt, just the freedom that now they're free to move on and what God had for them. Psalm 150, how are we to worship? I'm talking about how are we to engage the presence of God. So there's a whole lot there. I'm going to go quickly through it. Verse 1, where should God be praised? In a sanctuary. And on earth, that's in the temple in Jerusalem. That's in our church. It's in the church of where God is. It's how we worship. God is praised. And there's power when people come together to assemble together to worship. It's not about so much us. It's about together we assemble to worship God. And I believe that's when the world who don't know God come into a, into a church setting and they just realize the presence of God is there. And I encourage us to keep in that place of worship so when visitors come in, when unchurched people come in, when people who have turned away from God, they come in here and they just sense this is a house of worship because the people's hearts are turned to God. That is the difference. That is the X factor. That is supernatural spirit power where people can receive and know that God is real. Why should God be praised? Because of his acts of power, his miracles. We're saved. Even our own salvation is a miracle. We can give thanks daily for that. I know in my life, in my hard times of my early days of my marriage, when I was wanting to play rugby and didn't want to look after the kids and rather be at the club rooms with the boys, that's my testimony before I was saved, I was not honoring my family. After I got saved... My life changed, and I started to put everything into God. So I went from like all that sort of don't know God, family go away to church, to now I am the head of the family. I'll do whatever I can to add to and build my family. But still there were difficulties. I hadn't been brought up in a lot of ways of how to look after kids because my dad was a hard worker and he was a very forceful, strong man who didn't know how to love kids. So it made my life hard. I was very closed until I was about 18, actually. It was sport that actually got me out of the house, got me out of my own sort of afraid to sort of speak, to say, or do anything. God changed me. And then when I became married, I had to learn a whole new set of principles, how to honor my wife, how to be with children, how to share my faith with others. And that was when I'd say, oh, it's too hard, Lord. Seven years, I can remember, I'd had enough, really. I thought, Lord, I can't do this. I can't be a father. I can't be, it's too hard. I don't want to make those changes. My pride, I'd rather have, be down in the sports rooms, just having fun, being honored and glorified because I kicked the most goals. But God said to me, you thank your wife because she prayed for you. 
There is. She saved you because she prayed. She took me to church. I saw water baptized. She came out of the water and I saw the change on her life, the glory of God on her. And I said, I need that. I'm thankful that through my wife, I'm here today, 35 years later. Every one of those 35 years, I can honestly say I've never looked back from God. I've been so passionate. I've been so on fire for God. That is when I worship. And it's out of that worship for God that when I worship, I get back into his presence and he gives me strength and he gives me hope. And that gives me the ability to to listen, to learn, to read the Bible, to listen to the wise Christian people. And I thank God for the mentors in my life who have had so much input. Without those men, I wouldn't be where I am today either. And just to be doing what I'm doing now, sharing my faith of God is, is so powerful. And it's come, I know, because I've been faithful to God. I've worshipped. Every opportunity I get, I worship. I just love worship. The music of heaven is just powerful. It gets into you, and then you're free to grow in God. Ezekiel 36, 26. I'm trying to give some scriptures to get a progression. I'm winding up. Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. That's Old Testament, but that's what God does. You go to God, he says, I'll put a new heart in you. In the physical, I looked it up, and there have been medicine where heart transplants happen and are successful. And I found one story where a 13-year-old girl uh, died in a skiing accident. Her parents had already arranged to have uh, her, her organs donated to science. So that heart was given to another lady who was in need of a heart and they met up and the the parents and the donor recipient got together and she gave the parents of the girl who died her heart's donated permission with a stethoscope to listen to the heart in the woman who was now alive because she received a heart. She received a new heart, a new life, a new hope. It's a physical, scientific... uh, procedure that operates. God says, I will give you a new heart. See, when God hears your heart, does he not hear the beating of his son? Jesus Christ and us. Christ and us. God hears the beating of his heart. Jesus, because when we invite Jesus into our life, Jesus is in our heart. And God will give us a new heart. God will give us all we need to overcome the things of this world. Paul says, and we know these two scriptures, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Galatians 2, 20, the second part of it. And then he says again, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in me. So we are one with Christ, Christ in us. Less of me, more of you. My favorite scripture, and I just, it's like, I thank you. It's Christ in me who is greater than the devil who is in the world. That is my go to scripture when I'm telling what, what do I do here, Lord. I'm just walking. It comes to my mind. Thank you, Lord. It's you, Christ in me, who's greater than the devil who is in the world. We are set apart. We are one with Christ. That's powerful. And out of that, you know that there's a point of difference of worship that brings in the presence of God. 
No other religion will have that claim where we are uh, the Son of God. We are with Christ, Jesus and us, a living relationship. 1 John 4.15, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and God is in you. God is in you. Be reassured. Be encouraged. Peter was talking about the promises of God and we are to live out the promises of God. God says, I am in you. It starts with worship. Do you know where worship goes to? Heaven. Heaven. Revelation 4, I want to read out just part of that. I want you just to, just to close your eyes, if you will, or just, just receive these words, because this is a picture of heaven. When we worship him, we worship the Father in heaven. In Revelation 4, it gives a description of heaven. And I read this, and with the prayer and the preparation, I just went, wow. I thought, wow. After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven, and the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it, and the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne." Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones. Seated on there were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold in their heads. And the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. And there were creatures around the throne singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. They lay their crowns before the throne and they said, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And by your will they were created and they have their being. That's the Father in heaven we're praising. That's the glory of God. That's heaven. The best is yet to come. Yet on earth, as in heaven, we are to faithfully worship and follow God, sharing the love of God, telling others about the love of God, people seeing in us a heart for extravagant worship. Matthew says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We've just seen the picture of heaven. Hallowed be your name. Words cannot explain or describe the vastness and the greatness of our God. But in our spirit, we can sense the the magnificence, the, the majesticness of God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. James reminds us that the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial 
and sincere. See, that wisdom brings purity down from heaven, and it brings good fruit. Just as I finish up, can we just have the last slide? And it says, every good tree, oh, sorry, this one, yeah, worship brings good fruit. If we worship God, purity and good fruit come down. Yes, we have to make a response, a choice to do that. Jesus did say every good fruit, uh, every good tree bears a good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. We can make changes in our heart's condition to know the fruit of worship. What are the fruit of worship? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are all the areas, the fruit of the Spirit, that we're looking to grow and mature and nurture in our spirit. And when we have that gentleness, when we have that peace, when we have that joy, that is the fruit of the Spirit. That is worship. Yeah, the worship team, come up, please. So I'm really asking you now that last question. This is the challenge. Some of what's been spoken for the last three weeks, does God enjoy our worship? Are we worshiping the one true God? And today, as a worshiper, do others know you by your fruit? Do others know you by the fruits of the Holy Spirit? It's a good exercise, perhaps, to just sit down with Galatians 5.22 and go through each of those characters of the, of the, they call it the fruit of the Holy Spirit and say, how am I doing in those areas? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Father, I thank you that you are God. I thank you that you are here in the midst of us. I thank you, God, that you are in our hearts. Lord, I pray, show us more of your glory. Stretch our hearts, O Lord, to know the fruit of worship, to know those fruits of the Holy Spirit, to know, Lord, just our very nature can be like Christ. I pray now, Father God, that we would be in a place to worship you, knowing that you are God who sits on the throne. You have come down to be with us. There is Christ in us the hope of glory. And Christ, you loved us so much that you give us a new heart. And Father, we want that heart to be filled with your presence. That people will look at each one of us and know that we are worshippers of Jesus Christ. Because Lord, you live in us. And I pray that we'll be free to worship and that ever you'd have us to worship. Lord, if we want to sing, 
quiet, loud. We want to lift up our hands. We lift up our palms. We want to kneel down. We want to lay prostrate before you, Father God. Lord, if we want to dance, if we want to sing, we want to jig, Father God, just let our hearts be where you'd want them to be. Because, Lord, I ask that each one of us keeps on preparing our hearts to worship you so you can come in in fullness, that you can come from us on the inside out. Lord, I just get this word now, break our heart for what breaks yours. Father, that we could be the hands and the feet of Christ, that, Lord, we could be in the presence of the Holy Spirit, bringing words of comfort, words of wisdom, words of transformation, words of healing. Father, we worship you. Can we stand up, please? Just as we go into a time of worship, there's a sense that if you just like a soft heart and, and even if you need healing, just receive. If you would like prayer, feel free to come out, but that's up to you. We will pray for you. But I'd really ask right now, lift up our hands, receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that brings healing in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit that renews our minds. The Holy Spirit that brings us hope. The Holy Spirit that continues to change our hearts to be more Christ-like because of who you are, Lord God.